It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. The Packers season ends with a 35-11 to loss in Detroit in Week 17. The Packers end the season 7-9. and it is by far Brett Hundley's worst game away from Lambeau Field where he had been much better than at home. Matthew Stafford once again lights this defense on fire. And that's where we should start because over the weekend it was reported by multiple outlets and, and by the time that you listen to this, this being Black Monday, though it is New Year's Day, it is going to be a new day for a lot of teams and for a lot of coaches who unfortunately for them will no longer have jobs. And it was reported over the weekend that Dom Capers was no longer going to be the defensive coordinator in Green Bay. And this game showed why. Matthew Stafford goes 20 for 29, 323 and three touchdowns. That's an 11-yard per attempt average, a 140 quarterback rating. This is actually better statistically than his game earlier in the season when he picked this defense apart. Their soft zones... Their miscommunications, haha, Clinton Dix. I mean, let's just let's just flush this season for him and and go on to next year because I don't know if it was the defense or what in terms of the scheme, but he he was a below average player a year after being in the Pro Bowl, and that's just the kind of thing that that can't happen for this defense. But the fact that Dom Capers may finally be out has to has to quench the thirst of fans who have for years now, I mean, five, six years, wanted Dom Capers, fair or unfair. I mean, I think 2008, 2009, 2010, it was a little unfair. Anyone that that wanted him out, they won the Super Bowl in 2010, for crying out loud. They won 15 games in 2011, but that was mostly based on the virtuoso season that Aaron Rodgers had, one of the best seasons any quarterback has ever had. And... The defense just hasn't played well enough. 2011, if not for the Saints being terrible, the Packers would have set a record for ineptitude. Uh, They were the worst situational defense in football this year, as I said over and over and over. And a change needed to be made. This was a wasted season for Green Bay. And I understand Aaron Rodgers was hurt. And so, as a result, they were never quite able to get back on track once Rodgers came back. Obviously, the Panthers game, Rodgers was not 100% healthy. But the defense never picked them up, never picked up the offense. And unfortunately, in in this game, in this Week 17 game, the receivers and the skill position players didn't pick up Brett Hundley. A number of drops, I mean, five, six drops again after seven last week. The first interception, the Packers are moving the ball down the field. Brett Hundley throws the ball, hits Jamal Williams in the chest, and he drops it. 
He had another drop on a screenplay that would have converted a third down. I understand the, the criticism on Hunley, and, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but this was another game where he played a lot better than the, the stats say because he had a number of passes just straight up dropped. And when that happens, it just it ruins the rhythm of the game for a quarterback and for an offense. Mike McCarthy talks about this all the time, and he has made this excuse for Hundley in the past. I have echoed it. It is so hard when you have a guy drop a pass. Now you have to come back. It's it's second and 10, or it's third and eight instead of first and 10. Those have compounding effects on your team. But getting back to the defense, Vic Fangio, Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend, was a possible contender here. He is up at the end of this season in terms of contract. He is a free agent. The Bears, it's not a matter of having to fire John Fox, which they which they likely will and likely have done by the time you've heard this. Uh, we're, I'm recording this on New Year's Eve right after the game, so there's some things that could break Sunday night, uh, could break January 1st. But Vic Fangio is, is the only name that's out there right now in terms of a, a possible replacement. And I think that's telling. No one is is more hooked into what's happening in Green Bay than than Ian Rappaport has been, and I think that is that is a good place to start for Green Bay. Fangio orchestrated some outstanding defenses in San Francisco, some of the only teams in the league at the time that were able to slow down Aaron Rodgers were those Vic Fangio coached defenses. The one the ones in Chicago, even with without primetime talent. Gave this offense problems. So I think when you look at the talent that Green Bay has on their roster, they have talent. I'm just, I can't tell you how sick I am of hearing, oh, the players, the players. The players haven't played well, but the scheme has been a disaster. A disaster. I don't know how you come out of the last Lions game where Matthew Stafford picked your zone defense apart, come back, after playing mostly man coverage against the Vikings in a game where you held down Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and you come out and play the same garbage zone against Matthew Stafford. And he torched them. Of course he did. I mean, there was there was a long play that, that Devon House got beat on in man coverage. And I said at the time, I'm fine with that. It was great scheme. They had an underneath crossing route that occupied the free safety, which was Josh Jones, who's a rookie. He got baited. And that created a throwing lane for Stafford to get the ball to Marvin Jones down the field. And and Devon House had decent coverage. It was a perfect throw, a good catch. But if Josh Jones is in position where he should be, there's no lane. There's no play. I, I'm fine with that. If if you play man-to-man and you get beat because someone out-athleticed your corner, if he just beat your corner, you live. You live with the physical mistakes the physical shortcomings, the mental mistakes, the bad scheme, the the lack of aggression, that is the kind of thing that you just can't live with. And it only can take you so far if you're a smart, experienced coordinator like Capers is. The reality is the league had passed him by. I've said this over and over and over again. And so I'll, if, if Vic Fangio is in fact the replacement, the good news is there doesn't have to be a, a change in philosophy they can stay in the 3-4, the and that allows them to, to have some continuity with the kinds of players they've drafted. I've said I think that they might be better in a 4-3, but you have someone like Fangio come in. 
I think he can be the kind of coach that can turn around this team. I think even if if nothing changes about this team except the defensive coordinator, they're a Super Bowl team next year. They are. Now that that can't be the only thing that changes, but that is that is something that can make a huge difference. To go from a, a below average coach to well above average could have drastic impacts on this defense. And it, it could mean that the offense is even better as a result because you get more stops, you get in more advantageous field position. That could make this offense even more potent. And so I think what we know right now, or at least what, what we know at the time that I'm recording this, is the Packers are, are likely moving in the right direction. This is a good first step. They also re-signed Corey Lindsley, their starting center, on a, on a team-friendly deal. And so this is getting Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley locked down before, you know, before we even get to January. And then the news of Dom Capers, that signals a level of aggression that we haven't seen from this organization previously. And whether that is a signal of, of things to come for Ted Thompson in terms of his aggressiveness in the offseason or potentially his, his change of role. There's been a number of, of reports and columns written that maybe there's a, a potential that, that Ted Thompson takes a lesser role or, or steps away from the team. Jason Wildy talked about it. It's been out there. And that's something that, that I think would be a, an even bigger change. We don't know what that would mean for this organization, who would be promoted. There's a ton of qualified candidates on this personnel staff. And we can't know what the trickle-down effects are going to be until until it starts to happen. And we have a better idea of, of what move is made, why it's made, uh, and what the team is going to look like moving forward. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value and gets you access to player grades, to all sorts of Pro Football Focus's tools, their charting, uh, they have college charting, one of the only places that does that. And all it takes is your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, preferably with a five-star review, to be entered. It is that easy. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays 
fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things that that this game also showed for Green Bay is an issue of creativity with the offense in that we saw some. And I don't know why we didn't see more of it. Mike McCarthy starts with the surprise onside, something he hasn't done in a couple years, but something that Going back to 2008, 2009, he would do once or twice a year. And we haven't seen that same level of aggression. And I think, you know, one of the things that Pete Doherty wrote about in his Ted Thompson column was that that maybe this team needs a, a little bit of a reset or a kick in the ass, if you will. That, hey, complacency can be a subconscious thing. And that if you if you do have success, if you if you are Mike McCarthy and you believe I am a highly successful football coach, maybe that makes you reticent to make a change when you need to make one. Maybe it makes you say in your mind, I, I know how to do this. And so I don't need to challenge my own way of thinking. And obviously that is that is a barrier to progress. We saw the Packers, you know, they're down three scores. They put Cobb in the backfield, and he runs a little Texas route. From the backfield, he angles out, then angles back in. This is a nearly impossible route for a linebacker or a safety to cover against a running back, much less a receiver. This is a this is a brilliant play. This is beautiful. Great design. Fourth down, it turns into a touchdown. This is great. Why do they not run a play like that more often? Why was that not a staple of the offense with Ty Montgomery? What I can't understand with McCarthy is he'll find something that works, use it once, and then not go back to it. There's there's the the running back vertical play I've talked about a hundred times that they've called once this season. Now he he finally got back to the zone read, and Brett Hundley did a great job of running it in this game, except for the the fumble. Obviously, that's an ugly play, but. I, I really would like to see some more creativity out of this offense, and they need it. They need it. Because Devontae Adams is the only consistent playmaker that they have right now. Now, obviously, we didn't see Jordy Nelson in this game. We didn't see Devontae. But I think we know where they where they are. Now, it was also reported, and this is worth discussing, that 
Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson are both going to be in line for restructuring. This is something the Packer fans have have known was coming for probably at least all year, but but potentially before that. The Packers are going to have considerable resources invested into the receiver position and are not getting enough out of it. Randall Cobb made some plays today, but doesn't consistently get open the way that he used to. Part of that, again, is usage. There are creative ways to use him that they just haven't. And part of that is a, is a function of the geometry of this offense just doesn't make sense right now because there's there's not enough downfield threat to create open space for him. Cobb is best working the underneath and over the middle when you have someone like Jordy Nelson who can take the top off of a defense. He can't do that anymore. He doesn't threaten teams like that anymore. And so Randall Cobb has become less effective as a result. He'd be more effective if he could be used the way that, frankly, the Packers should use Ty Montgomery. And that's another conversation that we'll have over the course of the offseason is what is his role moving forward? Because Jamal Williams looked like a battering ram at running back. Not an explosive guy, but steady. Aaron Jones is dynamic. He's versatile. So where does Ty Montgomery fit? Does he spend more time split out wide? Frankly, I think he should. And if you play him in both places, then the defense has to decide how are we gonna how are we gonna play him? Is he a receiver who plays running back or is he a running back who plays receiver? And at this point in the offense, and I'm happy to see it, but at this point in the offense, the running backs have to know the route trees. They have a bunch of plays in where the running backs have routes. And so the fact that that's already built in and they wouldn't have to say, okay, Ty, you need to go and you need to take some, you know, split split your time, half running back, half receiver meetings. That's not something that needs to happen. But this offense needs to find a way to to get its explosion back. And maybe Trevor Davis showed showed some things in this game. Maybe that's a place where he will take a step forward. He was a young receiver, not a lot of experience at Cal, was not a heavy part of their offense, but has explosive athletic talent and is dangerous in the open field. Maybe Green Bay can find ways to use him. This is the end of the line for Jeff Janis. I mean, he had a, a drop on a, on a play that should have been a touchdown. This is one of those plays that makes Brett Hundley so frustrating because he stands in there, fires a strike down the middle, takes a shot, and Janis just can't make a play. He's just not an NFL receiver. He's just not. He's a punt gunner. And that's fine, but he he is going to get paid in the offseason like a, a team wants him to play receiver. Now, he's not going to get a lot of money, but I bet he'll get paid as a receiver. And that's just not what he is. I mean, Michael Clark was the first receiver off the bench in this game. He didn't do much. He had a bad drop. He needs to he needs to bring his level of, of play up to match his talent. Now, this has got to be overwhelming for a guy who played one season of major college, college football and now is playing in the NFL and has to go against guys like Darius Slay. But Green Bay, they need a pass catcher. And I think it starts with needing an improvement at tight end. They need some athleticism there, someone that can that can split out and, and be a matchup problem for them. There are a number of guys. This is a great draft for pass catching tight ends. There is no uh, super elite talent in that regard, no one that's going to go in the top 10. But there are some very good players at that position into the third, fourth, and fifth round. I mean, Badger fans saw one of them against Miami, Troy Fumagalle. He would be an upgrade over what the Packers have. He is better than the current former Badger on the roster because at least we know that he has reliable hands. 
one of the most reliable pass-catching tight ends in college football. But another another day of drops, of sloppiness. And that's this is this is on the head coach. You have to get your guys ready to play. They weren't. They weren't up for this game. McCarthy, after the game, seemed very resigned, seemed very beaten down. This was a tough season for him. And, and, and part of the reason it was is because he thought Brett Hundley would play better, and he hasn't. But his guys haven't executed. And so if this is if this is the kick in the pants that they need to make some changes, to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in free agency, there have been times when big failures have turned into big swings from Ted Thompson. He got aggressive after 2008, traded up for Clay Matthews, drafted BJ Raji. He traded up for Casey Hayward, traded up for Jarrell Worthy a couple years later after a playoff failure. So this is signed Julius Peppers. So this could be an offseason where there's a lot of changes. And I don't mean, you know, personnel changes or, or you know, sweeping organizational changes. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be the coach. I think Ted Thompson is going to be the GM, but... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that's any better than a 50-50 chance right now. I said on Twitter that it was probably 52-48. I think it's a coin flip. We'll see what happens. The NFL season is over for the Packers. That means there's no locked on Packers opponent team here for me to tell you about. But there is the Locked On Bucks podcast. That team is going to be fighting for a playoff spot for the next couple months. Hopefully, in the playoffs, making a run. They they have been exciting on a night-to-night basis, even when they lose because of what Giannis can do, because of what Chris Middleton can do, Eric Bledsoe. So stay locked on Bucks the same way that you would stay locked on Packers. There's going to be a lot of time down the road and, and as, the, as the weeks progress for backward-looking discussions about this season. Record-wise, it's the worst since 2008. And I think it's particularly disappointing for Packers fans because this was a team that, with Aaron Rodgers, could absolutely have competed in the NFC playoffs where half the teams are not only going to feature an inexperienced quarterback, but in, in the case of Minnesota and Philly, the top two seeds, going to feature backup quarterbacks. And Green Bay had to have felt like if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy, they would have been a 12-4 and or a 13-3 and team. They would have had the first-round buys. And, and someone would have had to come play them in their house. And when you have Case Keenum or Nick Foles coming to your crib, that's a lot different than going on the road and having to play them in their house. It's a lost season. And it's another season that the Packers waste of Aaron Rodgers' prime. Now, I think Rodgers can play five, six, seven more years at a, at a very high level. At a certain point, he's, he will have to you know, modulate his game down. But I think he has said that that while he wants to play into his 40s, that he's not going to play old man football. He is not going to be, you know, the, the guy who is who is going to attempt 18 or 20 passes a game. Once, once he can't be Aaron Rodgers, he's just not going to play anymore. That's what he said. Every year that the Packers don't win a Super Bowl at this point is a failure. And it's an organizational failure from top to bottom. And that doesn't mean that I think Ted Thompson is bad or should be fired. That doesn't mean I think Mike McCarthy is bad or should be fired. But we have to call it what it is. Now, that in the NFL, 31 teams fail every year. 
whether you want to whether you want to talk about it literally, empirically, metaphorically, however you want to talk about it. One team wins the Super Bowl. Now, does a, a team like Chicago, who only wins a handful of games and only probably should have won a handful of games, was their season a failure? Meh, probably not. Because it's based on your expectations. When you have the best quarterback in football, or even if you want to argue that, that Rodgers is not that, he's a top three at worst quarterback in the league, and so you should have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year. You should be winning a playoff game at the very least every single year that he plays. Now, obviously, he didn't play. But that means the rest of this roster isn't good enough and your backup wasn't good enough. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about Brett Hundley. I've, I've said it on this show. I will say it again. I was wrong. But the coaching staff didn't adapt. Ted Thompson has not drafted as effectively the last few years. You look at someone like Darius Slay and you say, where is that corner on the Packers? You look at someone like Xavier Rhodes. Harrison Smith, you look around the conference, Alvin Kamara could have been a Packer. Michael Thomas could have been a Packer. There are plenty of failings that that do lay at the feet of Ted Thompson. And would a different GM have been more successful here? I wrote about it the other day with Acme Packing and, and, and discussed it a little bit last week about, you know, maybe should Green Bay consider making a change with their head coach? And it was framed through the lens of, well, if McCarthy doesn't make a change, that is a signal of a failure to adapt and a failure to recognize your own failure. I think the fans have been a little harsh on the coaching staff, at least McCarthy and and on Ted Thompson. I think those guys are still very good at their jobs. I don't think that means they should have tenure in Green Bay. They shouldn't just be able to coach until they're done. Or, or run the team until they feel like they're done. Mark Murphy said that would be the case with Ted Thompson. So we're going to see. And, and the Packers, they could lose front office people to openings in the offseason. We'll obviously talk about all of those things as we move forward. Brian Gutekinst, Russ Ball, Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith. They have a very, very talented front office. And, you know, it's still possible that, that Ted Thompson could do what Doug Melvin did, which is similar to what Ron Wolf did. There is, there is precedent for this. Ted Thompson's mentor did this. That he could say, okay, Elliot Wolf, this is your team now. I'm going to stay on in an advisory capacity for the next two or three years. And that'll be that. That is on the table. I don't think that is at all unlikely. So there's going to be a lot to discuss in the coming weeks, we will continue to review what is happening in and around the league. We'll talk about coaching, hirings, and firings. We'll talk about the playoffs. I know this is particularly difficult for Packers fans because the the last week of the year, they get embarrassed in Detroit. And at the same time, the Minnesota Vikings clinch the first round by. And they may be able to go the entire playoffs without leaving Minnesota. That is brutal. But there's nothing Green Bay can do about that now except get better this offseason and prevent it from happening next year. That's it. They have to get better. Now, I think they can be a Super Bowl team because Aaron Rodgers can win any game that they play. They have a tough schedule. They're going to have to go on the road at Seattle, on the road at Los Angeles, and on the road at New England next year. We will talk about the schedule in the coming days because we know 
basically not not the weeks it's going to be played, but we know every Packers opponent. So we can talk about that. Certainly we'll talk about that as the year gets closer. There is still so much to discuss. We're going to have four shows this week, no Friday show because there's no injury. So we won't we probably won't have Friday shows barring some sort of breaking news for the rest of the off season. And then there will be times when we'll go to three shows just because there's a lull in the action. That will not be the case for January. So we're going to move forward here. We're going to have a lot to discuss. I think uh, this is this is a tough season, but Packer fans should be looking forward to this offseason because there is still so much potential on this roster. They can, but they can get so much better. And the first start is the removal of Dom Capers and the implementation of a solid defensive coordinator. If they can bring in Vic Fangio, that should be hugely encouraging for Green Bay. And I, I half joked to a, a Packers writer friend of mine earlier in the season that if if they if they don't make the playoffs, if the only thing that good that comes out of this season is that they have a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive identity, a new defensive direction and leadership, then the lost season, such as it is, is worth it. If the only thing that you have is a lost season and you don't get better and you don't learn anything and you don't make any changes, then it really is a lost season. There's that saying, it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Here's an opportunity for the Packers to learn. And we're going to talk about all those things moving forward, which means you need to stay locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.